Hey everybody, welcome back to the Carol Connection. I am your host, Jared Carroll, here to bring you guys another great episode. I did want to take a chance to shout out last week's episode, episode 66 with Lindsay Pettit, going to be a grad student at Rhode Island College, studying justice studies, and it was a great conversation. She talked about her passion for school and her ambitions to eventually become a professor. So you could check that out, thecarolconnection.simplecast.com, also available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening platforms. Bring guys another great guest for episode 67, Brandon Woodward. What's going on, guys? Uh, a little bit about myself. My name's Brandon Woodward. Uh, most people call me Woody. Uh, I was born and raised in Falmouth, Mass. Uh, I currently go to Bridgewater State, study psychology and social welfare. Uh, I work down in Woods Hole as a cook and uh, kitchen manager. And, uh, you know, I'm just here to, uh, you know, get to know Jared a little bit and have a good time on the podcast. Yeah, and I appreciate you coming out of your way and we're doing this like middle of the week. So I appreciate you setting time out of your, your busy schedule, sit down with me and do a podcast. Because I know you originally um, reached out because you heard uh, Devin Slaughter's episode and you guys are friends. And that this is like my favorite thing about the podcast is when I do an episode with someone and then I meet someone who I don't know that happened to just tune into their episode and to bring you on, to meet you, to create a new connection, Carol Connection. And that's what it's all about, to give you a platform to talk about yourself, what you've been through, your life experiences. So shout out, Devin, and thank you for coming on this podcast. Like, I really do appreciate it because it's, it's not easy to hop onto a platform and talk about yourself. Like, it's not. Like, And I say it to everyone, too. Like, as much as I've done it, it's still scary and uncomfortable to a certain extent, but you go through it, you grow through it. And again, I just appreciate you. So like you, like I said, in, um, off the podcast, the beginning stuff, we kind of talk about family and upbringing. You mentioned a little bit, but if you could go into detail a little bit about your family dynamic and kind of the town that you grew up in and how that, that structure was for you. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm 22 now. Um, you know, I grew up in a small house, small town, well, Falmouth's kind of small, but, you know, there's our high school probably had like less than a thousand kids in it. You know, everybody mm. knows everybody. Both my parents grew up in Falmouth, so I knew all their friends, you know, like can't really go out anywhere without like knocking into somebody and saying hello, which, you know, I like and I also don't like to a mm-hmm. certain extent. But, um, you know, growing up, small house, uh, my me, my mom, my sister, and uh, my dad for about, I don't know, 10, 11 years until they split up. And then, you know, uh, you know, Falmouth's a real cool town. You know, everyone's really close. I had a wonderful friends back at home, um, you know, great teachers. You know, everyone, literally everybody knows each other. You know, if you're staying out of trouble or you're in trouble, like the whole town pretty much knows it. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a cool place to grow up. You know, everyone's kind of looking out for each other and, you know, making sure you're doing the right thing. But um, my sister, she's uh, 14 months older than me. Um, we were never close growing up, but, you know, that kind of changed, you know, a couple of years back when, you know, she moved out of the house. And I was like, damn, kind of miss having someone else for my mom to yell at or something <laughs> like that, you know, yeah. like, but... It's cool, you know, like, things are always changing back at home. Uh, we go from, like, 30,000 people in the winter to, like, 100-plus in Falmouth in the summer. So there's always a bunch of cool people that come into the town in the summer. Traffic's a bitch, but, you know, that just comes with the territory, I guess. But growing up was cool. Um, you know, obviously my parents' divorce wasn't, you know, the easiest thing to go through. Um, high school was a great time, you know, football baseball hockey whole nine I'm really just very grateful to have grown up in Falmouth and gone through the experiences that I did there you know what I mean yeah it actually really does sound a lot obviously with except the um town population changing in the, the, the summer it does it sounds a lot like Seekonk to be honest and it's a small town everyone knows everyone if you do some dumb shit someone else is gonna know about it like we have like um 
called the Conk Connect on Facebook. So everyone's talking their shit on Facebook. Like, <laughs> so it's a very small, small knit uh, community. But at the same time, like I'm very grateful to have grown up in a town that really cares and supports its residents and like actually gives a fuck about people. And we actually have uh, a couple people from Seekonk who are representing uh, Cape Verde in the U- Olympics right now, and they're swimming out of that representing that flag. So like, very proud of them, Troy Pina and his younger sister Jada. And it's interesting, cause, like, and it's cool to see people that you know actually be successful and things like that but it goes to show and you can see in the group everyone's sharing stuff supporting them like they went to do the school systems and stuff so it's like it's exciting to see that stuff and anyone that actually gets some type of success people rally around that and growing up in small towns i think that's super valuable because i've lived in big cities and like it's like you're like a fly on the wall it's just like there's so many like people passing by it's you can get lost in the mix and you're just kind of a number sometimes so to be part of a, a small community is valuable. And I think a lot of people have this mis, uh, misconsumption. No, that's not the word I'm thinking for. Um, they have this idea, I guess, that they always want to escape the small town to bigger and better things. And I kind of had that same idea. I wanted to go chase some stuff. And I did. Super valuable. But at the same time, it made me realize how valuable these towns are, especially in the grand schemes of America. Like these are the kind of like the backbones of great creating good, um, well-rounded children too. Like I can imagine Falmouth had a really good school system, like pretty structured, and I think that's super important, especially when you have all these kids growing up together, staying together from like pretty much their youth, playing sports together or whatever activities together, going all the way to high school. So I think that's super valuable. And you mentioned earlier too, kind of off podcast, that hockey was this big aspect of your life, and. You play, so you played football and baseball too? Yeah, I played football for uh, probably a couple years in high school. I blew up my shoulder a few times, mm-hmm. so I ended up stopping. But um, started skating right as soon as I could walk, pretty much. You know, mm-hmm. my dad was very into hockey, so that's where I kind of set out. You know, when I was younger, that's what I knew. It's what I thrived at. It's what I loved. And then started playing lacrosse and baseball. And then baseball just completely stole my heart, you know, and... You know, I still enjoyed hockey. It just wasn't really what I was actually very passionate about. You know, I was more passionate about baseball, about that grind, you know. I still loved being on the ice with all my friends, but at the end of the day, you know, it was baseball over hockey. And uh, But hockey had a huge impact on, you know, like my work ethic, you know, like my character today, leadership skills communication skills building friendships you know looking out for your teammates you know like growing up like someone gets a cheap shot on your boy like playing hockey like the whole team's kind of looking at each other like yeah we gotta we gotta get that guy back Mm -hmm. you know like you know we either gotta score a goal or knock that guy on his ass but you know like that was kind of like the morale like of a hockey team's like everybody you have to stick together to be successful and you know, that's one thing I was super grateful for. And it translates right into baseball, you know, like if somebody's not, doesn't have their head in the game, you know, like your center fielder, your shortstop or something, you know, the game can completely go to shit really fast, you know, and like you have to look out for one another. And, you know, before I knew it or before I even like conceptualized it, you know, I learned a lot about being there for people through sports you know what I mean like you can tell when someone walks into the locker room like with a smug face on and like immediately you know there's a couple guys going to check on him because he he's not the same peppy person that he is every other day you know and like that's the stuff that translates really into real life like that I still carry with me today like you know, somebody walks into work and they look down. It's like, you know, like you you good? Like you need some food? You need some water? Like when you like, you know, like are you okay to work? Like I want you to like be there and like be happy. You know, like it's just like I work in the food industry. Like I said, you know, it's just food. It's just work. Like we're all gonna get through the day. It's just you know, we gotta make sure everyone's okay. You know, and like sports. When I was a kid, obviously, like I didn't. I didn't know what I was learning. I was just like acting on it. You don't conceptualize that stuff when you're young. But, you know, looking back on it, sports taught me how to, you know, like lead, you know, how to, you know, I'm a manager in a kitchen, how to lead a team of people to, 
you know, push the food out, cook the food, you know, everyone being on the same page. And, you know, without that, I would have no true concept of who I really am or who I really want to be, who I'm working towards, if that makes sense. So sports, hockey, baseball, football, all those team sports, they left a mark on me that I truly can't replace. And I don't know what I would be or who I would be without that. No, that's big facts. I 100% agree with what you said there. I think what's underrated these days is the impact that sports has on children's ability to have those communication skills, those teamwork building skills, being hardworking, being consistent, showing up, being accountable. And that's something I'm really hitting home lately is the accountability aspect of not just sports, but applying that to your own life. If there is something that is missing in society today, it is self-awareness and accountability being accountable for what you do and what you put out like everyone wants to point the blame at other people oh i went through this or that person did this to me like everything's about what happened to you or what someone did to you instead of being like you know i put myself in that situation or i could have done this better or i could have maybe not said that or i could have just removed myself from the situation and with sports one of the things that football taught me specifically because I didn't play hockey, but football, I think football and hockey relate in the physical aspect, whereas someone hits you in the mouth, you have one or two choices. You can get back up or you can fucking quit. And that's why I loved football is that smash mouth, that like hard hit and shit, like getting in people's faces, playing that game hard. Like you got to be accountable because if you can't be accountable for yourself and show up for your teammates, the whole, the whole team's going to suffer. And that's something that you mentioned too, that translates to life. You can't be accountable for yourself as a human being it's going to impact everybody around you. And I want to say, I know I mentioned last week that I'm reading this book by Jordan Peterson, and I'm pretty sure in this book, it mentions something along the lines of being around people that have impact on you. And I forget the study that they referenced, but if you take someone that is unproductive or depressed or struggling and put them with people that are working hard and succeeding, the team's going to fail. Like, especially if like that person isn't sound in their stuff and they don't care about anything else. If you have someone that's dis- like disgruntled and frustrated and you put them with a bunch of happy people, negativity like breeds and spreads so fast. So it goes back onto the individual to take accountability to work on themselves. And that's something that sports teaches. It's just so important. I think we're missing that with a lot of kids nowadays because we're in the, unfortunately, the generation of participa- participation trophies. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, it's disappointing to see. Like, I understand it, but... Like, when I was growing up, like, it was, like, the last, like, cusp of all this stuff. Like, where coaches could actually get on your fucking ass and, like, right. be upset with you. But now you can't fucking say shit to nobody yeah, or hurt people's feelings. Yeah, you puke type stuff, you Facts. know. Like, can't do that stuff anymore. No. And it, um, just to bounce off what um, you were talking about with Jordan Peterson, um, that podcast I mentioned earlier was actually talking about his book. It's from the podcast from 2017, the Jocko podcast with him. Um, he talks about that study and I think he refers to it as that negative person's almost like a parasite, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're latching on to any form of happiness to try to, you know, kill it. You know what I mean? And like, that's kind of the way he described it on the podcast talking about his book. It's like that one negative smug person being thing, whatever it is, can literally kill the whole, the whole other people, the whole other all the other group members, they can completely change their persona, their vibe, their what, their energy, whatever you want to call it. And it brings everyone down. It brings the group down. Like you said, everyone's going to start failing. Yeah. And I, I think, was that the one that you shared on your story the other day? Because I know you shared one from 2017, if it was that one. Yeah. I got to go back and listen to that because that's pretty much how he described it in the book. It's right. like this negative force that once you, because you, you think, I'm like, oh, if I surround this negative person with a bunch of positive people that it's going to impact them and they'll get better. And it's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. That negativity just breeds through. And what he references, like, I think it was like kind of like work it related. It was like that person starts slacking on their work and then someone else has to do their work. And then they get upset that they have to do that person's work. And then it starts, starts spreading people to work later because that person's not carrying their weight. And it's like that little thing just keeps adding to more and more negative tip, ne- negativity and everyone just becomes upset and negative and it's, it just breeds itself and I've seen it within myself too. Like when I start, even just like I look at social media, 
when I start consuming really negative or sad or um, that type of content, I should say, it affects my mood. It changes my mood. And I notice that because I talk openly about the TikToks I've made. And one of the struggles I had was when I was not really feeling sad anymore because I was making sad emotional content off what I was feeling. And people related to it. And like that's how I grew a following. But when I was not feeling that way, I would still create that content. And that affected me, literally, like, to the point where I was still becoming sad and negative, even though I wasn't. So you got to be careful of everything that you're consuming. Like, I think that's super underrated because a lot of us will be not so much focused on what we're consuming on social media. We're just scrolling through. I think it doesn't matter, but it does. It really does impact us as people. Everything that you consume on a daily basis matters. You know, I've actually, I started, you know, like my spiritual journey path, whatever you want to call it, probably a little over a year ago now. And like, I got very into, uh, you know who Bob Proctor is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, studying him, studying his videos, talking about the subconscious programming, you know, every single thing that you listen to from the moment you're born all the way up to, I think is eight years old is your hardcore subconscious program. And, like, people go through life without even, like, recognizing their programming, like, what they think about, say, you know, like, I've, I don't like sushi. I've tried it multiple times, but as a kid, I was like, why would I eat raw fish? You know, like, you got to cook that stuff. That was my program. And then I was like, I started, I had to try it at one point, you know, like, turns out I don't like sushi. You know, my program, it helped me, but, like, God, like... It's just like little things like that that we don't even pick up on. Like we're creating these biases and judgments on, you know, people, places, things because of our subconscious programming. And, you know, like to be able to reprogram your whole mind is a very hard thing to do. And that's being very conscious and aware of the TV in the background talking about car accidents. You know what I mean? Like I'm a like I like I said, I'm very into spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe, like, what you focus on grows. Like, if you're constantly worrying about a car accident, like, you might find yourself in a car accident in a couple weeks, you know, or, like, say, like, you're thinking about debt and struggle, like, you're just going to continue creating that life for you, you know, like, I'm, you know, on the spiritual side, like, I believe in alchemy, like, you can turn coal into gold, and, like, I directly translate that into my life, you know, no matter what shitty situation I find myself in, you got to find that silver lining and, you know, like just sit back and observe it to a certain extent, you know, and just like create happiness for yourself. You know, it's heaven on earth is really what I'm moving towards. But, you know, you have to acknowledge those negative self programs that you've been um, exposed to throughout your whole entire life, because like, you know, we live in a world with Instagram. It's constantly comparing things. Facebook, same thing. You're constantly comparing, 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 looking at other people's lives like, oh, man, why can't I do that? It's like you got to start bringing that focus more inwards and saying, like, what can I create for myself? How can I get to where I want to be? I don't want to live like that person, but that person possibly just gave me an idea for some future venture that I want to go to you know like that's where I had to start with my reprogramming because I was a very anxious kid you know like from 17 to 21 very anxious very depressed and you know I was constantly comparing myself so I started trying to twist that program into you know like seeing a picture just like making that into a personal idea you know like not copying someone it's like oh that's cool maybe i'll try it out you know like i'm gonna write it down let's see how i feel about it you know like where could doing something like that take me what doors is that going to open for me so i think like it's very under uh what's the word for it Instagram's almost like overused and underthought of on mm-hmm. the effects that it truly has on, you know, people like us. Our generation was the first generation exposed to things like that. There's no true hard evidence on what it really does, but with the statistics of, you know, people being depressed, mental health stats, you know, like men male suicides are through the roof in this year, you know, like last year too. And it's scary, and I think social media should be 
you know, looked harder into, you know, like how is that truly affecting yourself on a daily basis? Yeah, I hundred percent. I even talk about this multiple times, especially the men's health side of it. I think it is the most under talked about thing in society because especially with not to get into like the political aspect of things where people are kind of like hate all men and stuff like that, or like men, there's shitty men out there. Don't get me wrong. There are shitty men out there, <laughs> but there's shitty people, period. Right. That's the problem. And it's just in a complete tack on men, this men, that, and we're not allowed to show this vulnerable emotional side of ourselves. Like my motto, and I probably should be saying this more on the podcast is feel your feelings. And I've learned to embody that in a sense of like, I definitely took it to the point where I felt everything and I just, I allowed it to consume me. And that's the problem though. You can't let your emotions and feelings consume you so much where it takes away from your ability to make logical and like rational decisions. So as a male in today's society, when you see those numbers, when you hear those numbers, it's very, very scary. Like a lot of dudes out here are comparing themselves to all these other guys who are getting all these girls having success. Wow. Cannot speak success. All this crazy shit. And we're like, damn, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could be like that. And it's, it's really bad too for women too. Don't get me wrong. They're seeing all these beautiful women on social media and they're using filters, but they're not saying it. They're getting BBLs. They're getting all this crazy Mm -hmm. fucking shit. And it's like, these aren't what these people look like. And, like, fellas, like, these guys are putting on facades. Like, a lot of these rappers are just buying chains and stuff. Like, no one needs to be doing this. Like, and we're being all sucked in by comparison. And that's human nature, though. Like, part of it is to compare ourselves. But now we have a device in and social media to just do it every single day. Like, all Constantly the time. Constantly, too. You know, like, when you say you're sitting in a restaurant waiting for your, waiting for your food. Or, you know, like you're sitting at a bus stop waiting for your your bus to show up. Everybody that's there is, you know, killing their time trying to escape that awkward situation by looking down at their phone and, like, feeling comfortable almost. You know what I mean? But that comparison, you you go on Instagram, you're constantly scrolling, swiping when you could be sitting in line creating a new friend you know what i mean somebody standing behind you you know like ask them how their day was you know things like that instead of going on there and seeing all these people that you probably don't even really want to follow but like you're kind of obligated to because you went to high school with them and like you had some good times in the past and now it's like damn they're doing xyz on vacation like i'm sitting here standing in the dunks line going to work like i wish i was doing that when everything is you know already right in front of you like my big thing with social media is like stop trying to escape the present moment by going onto your phone Mm -hmm. you know and like that's just one of my principles but like obviously with the programming the comparison like it's it's huge and you know we have to address it more and you know the men's statistics i can't speak either um you know about suicide mental health it's so washed under the rug you know there is like you know the men's mental health week was what about a month ago now Mm -hmm. you know like i saw a lot of posts on that but i haven't seen any in four weeks you know like people love to talk about things when they're popular when it's a trend you know what i mean but i wouldn't say like our mental health is trendy you know what i mean like this has to be like the forefront of mental health talk is males in this day and age like a lot of you know myself my friends you know like have struggled with a lot of mental health issues and you know like nobody or you know people do get the help they need when they seek it out but when you're in an apathetic mental health state you know like you don't care you don't care about yourself you don't care about getting help you don't care about doing any of that and for me personally I could compare it right to social media for you know like a big chunk of it when I was in my depressive states you know social media was making it a lot worse and a lot harder to you know like cope and grieve and grow through those things I was constantly comparing myself to you know people that have gone through similar situations you know wondering how they're 
so happy or doing this and I'm like sitting here I'm like dude I can't even function right now like this sucks I wish I could be like that you know instead of taking that step back I mean like what can I do right now to you know like help myself out yeah and I think that that is a problem too to mention off the fact that people just talk about shit because it's trendy and if you just get back to the basic root of it people don't fucking care they don't and we've breeded this monster of like self-love and i think we've honestly gone a little too far with it because everyone is just fucking obsessed with themselves to the point where everyone even when you think about relationships and things like that it's like be selfish do what do what you got to do for yourself and there's no compromising there's no conversations being had everything is one-sided like it's my way or the highway and that is not how relationships work whether it's romantic, friendship, or family, or work, or any other type of relationship. Relationships are about working through things, compromise, loving, and hating each other at the same time. Like, it happens. Like, I've had, I think I had a conversation last week uh, with Lindsay. Her parents were also divorced. And we, I've talked multiple times with people about their parents being divorced and how <laughs> divorce right now, I think it's like 50% right yeah. now, or 54% in the U.S. And... We have this like idea that marriage is all about love. <laughs> and to break it to y'all, marriage is not about love. Marriage is about the commitment to work with each other to and if you have children to raise children. Like that is the point of the relation of part of the marriage is to come together and raise the children out of love, not to just to be in love. Cuz anytime you talk to someone who has a successful marriage and has been married for m- multiple years, there was days they fucking hated each other. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. They, like, that's part of it. And we're in this generation of just like, I just got to be happy all the time. And that is not even fucking human. Like, <laughs> you just look at social media and you're like, damn, like you just mentioned, like, oh, this person's happy. Like, how are they so happy? Like, I'm just here, like, miserable. And the truth is, most people are not fucking happy. It's a facade. It's a joke. It's just not even real. And... That's why I even stepped into my TikTok with the sad emotional stuff because like I finally felt like I could I had a platform where I could just actually express my sadness. Something that I was a really emotional over and I didn't know where to go with it. I posted it and I found a community of people that rallied behind me that felt the same way and I have people that would reach out and be like you helped me so much. I had someone re- reach out last weekend was like how much I helped them with their stuff feel like they're normal and they're mm-hmm. safe in their emotions. I've had people say that I helped them get off the ledge essentially essentially with suicidal thoughts. I'm like, damn, like I just just posting how I felt. I didn't even think I could have this type of impact. And that's when everything started to like click. And I'm like, oh my God, like if I just continue to embody my true self and all emotions i might have something here and that's why i started turning to this podcast and allowing this platform to become what it is where you can come on now and you can express your same feelings that things that you've gone through and like how you're on this journey of spirituality and like i've begun this journey as well and it's like digging deep breaking back those like uh, subconscious thoughts that are programmed into us that we didn't even know and that's something i've learned i've talked to um a Peruvian shaman. I've worked through a lot of things like that. I like to meditate. I've, I, I'm in literally therapy, like digging back to those childhood traumas where they might not even be like crazy traumas, but like those little things. You might not have gotten um, a hug from your your dad or something after you struck out in a baseball game. Right. And right there, that could have been a moment where it pushed you further down, but mm-hmm. subconsciously you don't know. So you, you link this negative emotion with striking out and that feeling with bad things. And it's like, there's so much tied to that. And that part, I'm trying to really dig into it. So it's great to have you to kind of like dig into that too some more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like a lot of those subconscious programmings, you know, like I said, it's from the day you're born. Most of it is your hard program is from the day you're born to eight years old. You're not going to remember 95% of the stuff that happened in those years, yet that's your hard program. And granted, you can't even do anything about your situation in those first seven, eight years of your life. You're just there observing, trying to take in the world and whatever situations you're exposed to, like that's what is going to be the hard wire in your brain and your subconscious mind is 
40,000 times more powerful than your conscious mind. So whatever is running through your subconscious is going to be the, you know, the chunk of your daily thoughts. And, you know, almost all of your thoughts on a daily basis are repeated from the day before. So that puts in the question, like, how do I change that? And it's literally just by starting that reprogram, you know, like stop watching TV, stop listening to the commercials, rap, the music industry, like, you know, like guns, drugs, sex, like boats, parties, girls, like the whole nine yards, like that's really what you want your brain to be wired with, you know, like that's the kind of thing that I've like studied a lot over the last year is the things that we're exposed to, like, is that giving off a positive energy or a negative energy, you know, like listening to music like that, that's all about the things I just mentioned, like, how does that stuff really make you feel, you know, like jealous, envious, or happy, like uplifted, and most of the time, like, what these people are talking about is so unrealistic for the common person, and granted, nobody really wants to, like, if you sell drugs, like, cool, go for it, but, like, if that's your dream to be a drug, like, drug dealer, I don't want to hang out with you, you know what I mean, like, things like that, like, what are you really pursuing, what do you want to get out of the music you're listening to, is it helping you grow, or is it just really limiting your brain power and your beliefs, you know, like I said earlier, I feel very strongly that we create our own reality, you know, like, our thoughts matter, and that's why I talk a lot about this subconscious programming, like what your conscious mind is capable of and, you know, things like that, because I firmly believe that I'm creating my life daily through my thought process. You know, I could be knee deep in tickets in my kitchen and, you know, I'm sitting there laughing with my with my other cook because like it's just food, you know what I mean? Like I'm happy, like I'm having a good time doing this and like yeah, it's a, I'm in a shitty situation right now, but, like, I'm still going to have a smile on my face. And, you know, like, it's important to be aware of those things that you're putting into your brain every day to try to move away from the depressive states. You know, instead of listening to music on your ride home from work, listen to an uplifting podcast, a personal growth podcast, you know, something like that. Listen to your podcast, you know, like... And it's just things like that. It's really the little things that I do every day that give me the strength to pursue my day and to be happy and to, you know, keep going, you know, and like trying to make something of myself. Yeah, I I completely agree in the sense of like what you put out is what you get. And like I learned that firsthand, like when I was putting out that sad, depressing vibe, I had to learn to be conscious of that because I'm putting that out and I got it right back. Right. It's like my friend actually said it one time. He's like, you post sad content, you post sad boy shit, you're going to be a sad boy. And I was like, it came back to me and I actually like made myself more depressed. And I had to learn how to express it, but not in, like take it in and internalize it so much. Right. Like use it as a release, not to like release it and then capture it and bring it right back in. Right. Like You're attracting more yeah, of that sadness. You got to be like mindful of that, not just to like post to post and that's where i think a lot of people aren't honest with the way they use social media like i would be lying to you if i didn't enjoy the attention that i get off social media mm -hmm. i'd be lying like there's a legit dopamine release when you see your likes go up or the views go up like there is and if anyone's out there saying they're posting for themselves or all that other bullshit you're fucking lying to yourself I don't care what anyone says, male, female, whatever you identify as, it does not matter. I 100% agree with that, and very strongly, because, like, social media came out, what, Snapchat, Instagram, all that got released in, what, like, 2013, 2014? Those were our literal most formative years of our lives, and we were just thrown into that fire at very young ages from, you know, like, 12 to 25, whatever it is, and, like... We got thrown into that. Like, how do you think a developing brain is going to act? You know what I mean? Like, going right back to what you said about the dopamine release. That's just been a growing... That's been a thing since we couldn't even understand it. You know? Like, when we were kids posting stuff, like, oh, like, 
this girl just liked my picture, you know what I mean? Like, that's sick. Maybe I'll talk to her tomorrow, you know? Like, things like that, you know? It's just like, dude, we were 13, like, running around on Instagram and getting all these different wirings into our head, with dopamine especially, you know? Those releases have impacted us beyond measure. It's all about, I think, being aware of that too. Just, like, thinking of it too, because, like, I think we were in a unique time period where it was like we still had some childhood where like it wasn't so much technology like there was technology we had computers and tv and Mm -hmm. things like that but it was like the early early stages of like colorized tv like we're getting into uh the internet like the internet was the real big turning point in the century or i'd say this last like several years of like everyone's development and i really feel for these kids coming up where now social media is just ingrained into their their existence like so and also, I'm a little jealous because the smart, the smart ones out there who learn it right away and understand that it's a tool. And that's what I try to preach. Like, social media can be a tool positively. I think that was the initial reason for social media, for this connection that we Absolutely. could have. And obviously, when you leave it out to the masses, negativity can easily breed, like we mentioned earlier. One person throws negativity out there and it spreads like wildfire. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just even look at anything positive related it usually never gets as many views or as many likes as something with drama or that's entertaining or that's negative like those things get views and clicks and stuff like that and there's nothing wrong with that people are entertained by what they're entertained but be mindful of that look at that because like it's really interesting because people choose the negative stuff versus the positive stuff and i think it goes back to our subconscious that we just were naturally drawn to that because maybe the when we were younger, that's what we've associated with what's good. Right. So we attach ourselves to those things. And I want to continue with this conversation, but I also want to touch on this too. Like your reason to go to college and you're studying psychology, mm-hmm. which ties in perfectly with what we've been talking about. Like why psychology? So honestly, I had no plans of doing psychology. I during high school, I never saw myself as a college kid. Um, senior year of high school, you know, my two best friends passed away a couple of days before Christmas. And, you know, I just couldn't wait to be done with high school. I wanted to leave it all behind, you know, like that was absolutely crushing of like myself, my whole town, you know, everyone was, you know, one night everything was different. And, you know, like I went up, got to school, went to school almost every day, you know, like finished it out and you know I was just I was in a town where everyone kind of looked at me different based on my relationship with them that's what it felt like for me I'm not sure if that's how it actually went down I was in a pretty hazy mindset I Mm -hmm. should say at that time and you know I just needed to do something different I couldn't i did the whole summer, you know, like worked my worked my tail off down at the restaurant, you know, like per usual, just tried to make myself like be in my routine and feel normal again. And, you know, I just couldn't. I just couldn't get there. So I ended up going to a community college on Cape Four Seas for a semester. You know, all my buddies left for school. And, uh, you know, I was pretty much there by myself, depressed, didn't feel like myself, could barely get myself to go to school. You know, I was dating some girl th- that I was with in high school. She went to uh, school down in Virginia. So literally it was just me and my mom. And, you know, I liked it, but I also, you know, I hated it too because I didn't, I didn't have any friends at home. You know, I was going to classes a couple days a week, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll be a teacher. You know, I liked hanging out with, uh, you know, like the special education kids like in high school. You know, I was very involved in best best buddies. I shouldn't say very involved, but, you know, like I would hang out with them, you know, like as much as I could, um, you know, like beyond sports and stuff like that. But, you know, so I had to get off Cape, just needed to change, kind of looked for a way out, you know, through that first semester. Applied to Bridgewater, got in. And uh, it started there second semester, my freshman year, and um, was originally going for special education in psychology, just because, you know, I thought I could be a teacher, you know, I liked hanging out with them, and psychology was, I don't know, the closest thing to one of my interests, I guess, you know, like the human mind. Very cool. I like studying humans, and 
you know, like observing people, I guess, as weird as that sounds. But, um, you know, that's kind of the route I took. And then slowly just started realizing like the whole education route wasn't for me. And, um, you know, like leaned off that sadly, uh, you know, like my, that transition from high school to college was very tough for me. Like given like my mindset, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just know I needed to get out of Falmouth and experience like a new setting, new people, you know, the whole, the whole nine got to college in Bridgewater and a couple months in, you know, my roommate ended up taking his own life and, you know, like that crushed me again. So I was just in any thought, the background of it, the core of it was, I want to help people. You know, I've been through these situations. I feel like I could really put something back into the community, given my circumstances, what I've learned through them and, you know, like things like that. I can help people with this. And, you know, like that was really the core of my decisions, you know, like helping the special education kids, like helping people clinically, you know, maybe being a guidance counselor, a therapist, you know, something like that. That was really the core of it. And then, uh, probably sophomore year, I dropped SPED and then, um, ended up finding social welfare my junior year, I think, or end of sophomore year. That's when I picked that up. So, but psychology has been, you know, like a blessing to me, you know, without psychology, um, in college, like I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have the understanding of myself, the awareness of myself and the people around me. Um, you know, I've learned a lot of valuable lessons, mostly about me that I can translate to other people, you know what I mean? Like help them through certain situations and, uh, yeah, like that's really the journey. I'm not sure where I want to take it, you know, after I graduate next spring, but, um, I'm sure some door of opportunity will open up and, you know, I'll see where I can take it, you know, but it's all, it's the core of it's always been about helping people. Yeah, and I I think that's definitely part of the reason too. I, I'm a firm believer where when I meet people through the podcast, it's supposed to happen for a reason. And like when I hear you talk, this like I hear so many of my sim- my same values aligned, helping people. That is why I started this podcast. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for me. Like I just knew I have this like feeling deep down that I'm supposed to be helping people. And when I looked at my life, I was just going to work, working out, going to sleep doing it all over again. And I really asked myself, I was like, what are you contributing to society of any value? Yeah, you're doing some work, but maybe adding some value to work, if that, maybe. But it's not not making you happy. Right. Like you're getting some financial compensation that's like, and people get sucked into the finances of everything and money. And it matters, don't get me wrong. We live in a capitalist society where money does dictate a lot of things, but money is like a small tick or short-term happiness what really brings joy is doing something that positively influences other people and yourself so i created a platform and that's where i think we aligned really well and like this was one of those things like i believe everything happens for a reason we were supposed to meet Mm -hmm. we're supposed to have a podcast and i don't care that you might not necessarily have it planned out after the fact it's the fact of everything you've led up to to this point is the purpose of sharing your story the things that you've learned, things you've experienced is like even the losses of your friends, like that, that trajectory changed your life for every, forever. Like, and that's important to talk about because I've lost a lot of friends at a young age too. And it's like, it's the same type of thing where you almost want to like live for them. Like, and it's like, especially when someone takes their own life, it's like, you want to help, you want to be there for people. And everyone says that. But no one actually takes those steps to actually do it, especially with men. Right. Like, so to be in the space, two men having a conversation, talking about the things we've talked about today, invaluable. You cannot put a price tag on this. Like, I don't care if I ever make a dollar off this fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. That doesn't fucking matter. The fact that we could have a conversation that couldn't impact just one person, just one, they might hear it and be like, I, th- I feel that same way too. Right. That's all it's about. And then that butterfly effect, you know, that one person you affected with you know, this episode or like a past episode, that one person, they're going to take that one thing that impacted them on a deep level and they're going to go impact another person with something else, you know, just on that one switch, that one thing they heard there, that butterfly effect is literally ever going, 
you know, like the impact you have with your podcast is say it affects one person today. It's going to affect three people tomorrow because it affected that one person. You know, they're going to go talking. They're going to be different. They're going to be different people after listening to your podcast. You're always learning and growing. And that growth, what you learn, it influences every single person in your life. So, like, yeah, you might affect one person, like, that you see. But that one person is going to go on and affect 10 other people down the line with what you shared by being open, by being vulnerable and like by talking about these things. So I think that's something to acknowledge that like the impact you have might not be able to be seen as of yet, but it, like that wave is growing, you know, like that butterfly effect is out there. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's what a lot of people miss when they're going on like business or like, you know, like creating businesses, like creating merch, you know, I heard you guys talking about that with Devin and, um, you know, things like that, like that, all that stuff affects people a lot. You know what I mean? Like just having like, say I'm wearing this t-shirt that says, feel your feelings. Someone sees that behind me. Like that might just turn their day around, you know what I mean? Like, that might put a smile on their face, and Lord knows what's going to happen after that, you know, that they're in a better mindset. It's a cra- it's a crazy thought, but it's real, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so true, and, like, I think a lot of the times, too, that I, I haven't even realized is a lot of the time that people are who are impacted positively don't even say it to you. Like, I can tell you how many times I've had someone else be like, oh, I was talking to someone else about your podcast and they say that's fucking dope that you're still doing that and like keeping with it. And I'm like, that's fucking sick. It's like that people are actively talking about it or just seeing when people post stories on Instagram or Snapchat and they're wearing my shirt. Like the post isn't about the shirt, but the, they're just wearing it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's it. That's just so sick. I guess <laughs> so pumped. Cause like, I just feel like I'm trying to create a community of people. Every time they come on the podcast, like you're part of the family. Like it's just network that's ever growing. Mm-hmm. And it's literally like, which, for example, just like you being here on the podcast is that butterfly effect. Like right. me doing continued episodes with different people and that one person heard it. You heard it. You're like, that's shit, that shit's dope. Mm-hmm. And then you reached out and boom, here we are having a podcast now. And I encourage anyone that even listens to this episode, if you want to be on like a guest on my podcast, hit me up. Like I want to talk to different people. I want to hear different things because hearing what you've gone through. I could take that and actually learn from that and it's valuable because I don't necessarily do this conversation for other people. A lot of time I want to talk to you like I'm interested and I I hope that people can hear that in the way that I speak and the questions that I ask people because I'm asking because I want to know these things Mm -hmm. you know it's it's not necessarily always for other people I just know there's benefits to some of the questions that I could ask that could help not only myself, but everybody else. Right. So it's that continual effort to push, push these messages, to push these conversations. And if I could say anything to people who pursue any type of adventure, that's like putting themselves out there, whether it's spiritual, uh, social media, a business, whatever, it's not going to happen overnight. It is so fucking rare that you just blow up and become the next celeb. And a lot of the time when that happens, you crash and burn. Look at all these one like these social media people that go crazy. Whether it was like Vine back in the day, it is so hard to translate instant success, instant success over one night into like long term. Yeah. So it's just being mindful of that. Right. Um. That actually just made me think of uh this book I listened to over the winter. Um. You ever heard of Chop Wood Carry Water? No, I haven't. It's a very good book. I I never read it, but I listened to it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um. Basically just talks about, you know, like the day-to-day little things, you know, like harnessing your craft, you know, like putting in that extra 10 minutes at work to make sure everything's good to, you know, go over your work two to three times, you know, like just double, triple checking everything, you know, like you got to chop wood and you got to carry your water to be successful. And it's like, it gets into this story about this Asian architect and he's the best architect like in the world. And, um, you know, his comp, he made the company, you know, bunches of money, you know, like very famous and, you know, like his, he wanted to retire and was just kind of over it, just done. And the company begged him to do one last project. And, you know, this one last project, he kind of slacked off, 
didn't do all the things that he like should have done. He could have made it, you know, a lot more beautiful. Could have done everything that he really wanted to do with the house, but he decided to take the, you know, take the shortcuts on his last project. And you know, by the time the house was built, it turns out that the company, it was a gift from the company to him for all his hard work and being an exceptional architect and things like that. And you know, he looked at it and was like, damn i took so many shortcuts on this house now it's like i have to sit here and live here like this isn't my best work and you know it just goes back to that like harnessing that craft like being true to yourself and you know like trusting the process staying the course as you say you know like you gotta you can't take those shortcuts in everyday life you gotta do the little things and whether that's at work or your personal life you know like for me personally, for me to stay level-headed, happy, whatever it is, I have to journal, I have to meditate, and I have to read on a daily basis. And that's just how I clear my head. That's how I stay myself, and that's how I stay grounded, you know? And, like, those are just, like, little things that I found that have helped me out of, you know, deep holes that I've found myself in. And, you know, like, when I do start cutting those corners of, like, I'll meditate, you know, like later on, like I got 10 minutes right now, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to chill. And then I end up not meditating and I'm like wondering why I'm feeling funky, not myself. And I'm like, dude, I skipped my meditation today, man. You know, like, why are you doing that to yourself? Like, you know, you got to do this stuff. And it's just like all those little things stockpile, they add up and you end up feeling like almost like guilty about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely... If I'm honest too, I definitely have skipped out my meditation recently. And like you, I notice a huge difference. Like when I was telling you the story of thing that I, something I went through recently, while all that was happening, I wasn't journaling. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't doing the things that I enjoyed. I was putting off my podcast. And like when I start doing that, I'm learning now, like that's a, it's a sign like that things are boiling up and you're not taking care of yourself. Cause when you're not taking care of yourself, you're putting yourself in situations that you're going to get easily triggered and you could possibly have an emotional outburst where mm-hmm. you may or may not be able to control. And something I've actually been reading in this one book with my therapist about anger is to not identify yourself with the anger itself or any thought, period. It's just a thought. Like when I meditate, I picture myself at this this one spot in New Hampshire that I, I like to hike hiked uh, once it's on my snapchat store i have it and i always go back just to look to physically see it and then put myself there and i look at meditating kind of like sitting at a sitting at that river and that river is my thoughts Mm -hmm. my thoughts are going to keep coming in no matter what happens i can't stop them from coming in i can just be the observer though sit there and watch them and that's where i found success in meditation is making sure i'm the observer of my thoughts not identifying myself with my thoughts but just observing them and the more you do that, the more comfortable you get with silence. And once you can really silence your own thoughts and it's just you just breathing, being present, that starts to translate to life in every aspect. And that was something I really found valuable in meditation was learning to become more present in the moment. And even when you're maybe feeling those moments of boiling anger or frustration or sadness, take those five, 10 minutes, go just deep breathe, just chill for a second. You might have the worst meditation session of your life, but those few minutes of trying though are going to be so beneficial for your long-term success right so it's, it's like you said the building blocks the chopping the wood doing the stuff every single day that's what translates to ultimate success ultimate success i cannot say that word <laughs> so many people have struggled to say that word too i think i just might stay away from that word but like i've struggled with that for so long and that's why that new saying that i'm trying to embrace is stay the course mm-hmm. because i think a lot of us will veer off our course and like take breaks and sit down and it's okay to do those things but make sure you stay on that motherfucking course right. because at the end of that road this unfortunate there to be to be like reaped and like as long as you stay consistent you stay true to who you are and you take on new information you learn you become adaptable like be open to new opportunities to new thoughts and new people and i think that's the most beneficial thing you could do and that's how i'm trying to embody this podcast and go forward with things but we are coming towards the end of this podcast. So there's a question that I end on this podcast with, and it has to do with passions. But is there anything that you want to say 
that's just not tied to passions that you didn't get a chance to say? Um, just one thing based on what we were just talking about with meditation. Um, your first question, you know, like, who are you? You know, like, I was just like, you know, that question, like, it shouldn't baffle me, but like, I've been, you know, like diving into the spirituality a lot this summer. And, you know, like through my meditations, like I've disconnected, like I'm the consciousness that is Brandon, you know what I mean? Like I it's not a character trait that I work. It's not a character trait that I go to school. It's not who I truly am. Those are just things that my consciousness that I observe that I do. You know what I mean? I'm not my thoughts. I'm aware of my thoughts, but those don't create who I am. My job doesn't create who I am. You know, like we're all stardust at the end of the day. Like we all come from the same damn place. We're all doing the same damn thing. Like in retrospect, obviously we all live different lives, But, you know, like, we're all here on one planet, we're all together, and, like, I think it's very important to address that you're not your job, that you're not your thoughts, you know what I mean? Like, those don't create who you are, you know, like, down to the cellular level, like, I think that's very surface level of, like, uh, awareness and understanding, so that's, like, one message that I wanted to throw out there, and, like, that's what I believe, like... No matter what situation you're in, like, whoever, whatever it's shitty or, like, it's great, humble yourself. That's not truly who you are, you know what I mean? That's just a byproduct of your actions and decisions that you've made. Right. And I also just want to just chime in a little bit that, too. I, I feel the same way. Like, when I look at myself, like, I don't even look at or identify myself as Jared Carroll. Mm-hmm. This is just the conscious human kind of, like, bodysuit that I'm living right. in this, this current life. And... Not to get all deep into that stuff, we could talk off, off yeah, podcasts yeah, I could and go all for that. Hours. <laughs> like, there's so many, so many things that I believe off that too of just like past lives and all these crazy things. Oh, yeah. And I know not everyone believes the same thing, but well, we can talk later about that. Um, I just had to touch on that because I agree with you on that. Um, last question: What would your advice be to someone who wants to pursue their passion? Send it. You only get one life, man, you know, like, as if anything, that's what I've learned, like, you know, I'm passionate about helping people, like, I have, for my friends, um, Owen and James that passed, we created what's called the 1019 Foundation, and, you know, we give scholarships to seniors, we help out with youth sports, you know, like, people that can't pay, like, find something that, like, that makes me glow up, you know, when I can tell the president you know i'm the secretary of the foundation i can tell the president that i want you know based on the essays and stuff that i want this kid to get a couple thousand dollars so he can pay for freaking books to go to school like that's making somebody's life so much easier that's helping people that's pushing them to the next level and it's from a good cause and like i think people like get out of your own way just go for it you know like you might start a passion that could get some backlash on it, but, like, who really freaking cares? Like, whatever you're passionate about, whatever makes you happy, that's what you truly should pursue. You know, like, I get it. We all got to work. We, like, granted, jobs aren't always, you know, like, peaches and pears. Like, it it sucks being, in, you know, like, in a 9-to-5 world sometimes. And, like, you can find yourself in a hole, but, like, if you can find that side hustle or start a business that you're passionate about... You got to go for it, in my opinion. And, um, you know, I speak that from the bottom of my heart. Like, if there's something that really, truly makes you happy and, you know, like you wake up thinking about it on a daily basis, why would you not want to pursue that? that? I guess that's like what I think of. But, you know, like I'm a firm believer that you get this one chance to be here. You know, you might as well make that impression. You know, you never... Like we were saying earlier with the butterfly effect, if your passion's about helping people, like you help 100 people, those 100 people are going to help another 100 people. And, you know, I think it's important to find something like that, that you can pour value back into the community, whatever it is. That's fantastic advice. And I just want to say, Brandon, I appreciate you for coming out here and coming on the podcast. I've had a blast recording this episode with you. So again, thank you so much for coming out here. Oh, thank you for having me, Jared. You know, this is a great time. You know, this is my first time meeting you today. But you know, this was 
a super cool experience and uh you know i'm happy to have made a new friend and you know put some value out into the world so thank you for having me hell yeah appreciate you uh to you guys now i'll give you guys my little spiel if you guys like the podcast please rate review subscribe uh share it with your friends share it with your family share it with the grandma you can check it out the carolconnection.simplecast.com also available apple Podcasts, spotify and all the major listening platforms so until next time guys bye